0: Your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG.
1: Hi, good afternoon everybody and welcome to a Monday edition. Happy Thanksgiving to our Canadian listeners that may be in the audience. Big day up there today. Big day here. We've got a full play, two hours of sports conversation coming your way. Trent Conner and myself with you Monday through Friday, noon until two, each and every day of the week. A ton to get to. Uh, the NFL is going to well, take a back seat. Well, look, everything's for the most part going to take a back seat as we uh, go back and. And rehash and recap the the story of the weekend, and that's uh, what what happened in uh, in Norman, Oklahoma. But we will get to Mark Morehouse, uh, Cedar Rapids Gazette. We'll take a look at the Hawks as they head into their bye week off a win uh, against Illinois, four and two at the bye. A lot of people thought that that's where they were going to be. That's where they are as they head into their bye week. Bama Bob will be here. Dylan Montz at one twenty as he finishes up uh his uh newspaper duties as Matt Campbell has just met the uh, media in Ames now I'm su- I'm assuming selected players will be next so we'll get Dylan at 120 uh the latest on Jacob Park if there is anything and uh, watching Matt Campbell's press conference uh it doesn't appear that there is at this point the depth chart is out he is listed as an or Uh, Whether that changes as the week goes on uh, remains to be seen, but uh, it does look like it's Kyle Kemp's uh, job on Saturday as the Kansas Jayhawks come to town. And then Jordan Burnfield at 140. Busy day sports-wise in Chicago. Cubs. Uh, and the Nationals at three oh eight. Cantana against Max Scherzer, and then of course Monday night football tonight with the Bears and the Vikings, and you can hear the game right here on seventeen hundred KBGG. Trent Condon is my partner. He's here as always. Trent, Iowa State's the story of the weekend. A yeah.
2: great weekend in sports, it really was. But Iowa State um, front and center. Not just the story of the state of Iowa weekend. It is the story of the college football weekend and. And maybe sports overall. I mean, you just don't see upsets like this. But the team that comes in without their quarterback, got beat at home early in their development, historically inept against Oklahoma. And to walk in there and beat a team that had beat Ohio State at mm-hmm. an inside track to the college football playoff. it wasn't a fluke. And it wasn't a fluke. No. It, this wasn't the Nebraska game with seven turnovers. Right. Great, great, great analysis. It, yep. it wasn't the... With a backup quarterback. The, the The last time that they beat Oklahoma back in 1990, it was a sloppy day on the field. Beautiful conditions. They just went out and beat Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Heads up, mm-hmm. they beat Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. No excuses. None of that. They beat the number three football team. Although in the from
1: Oklahoma, you're hearing they're looking ahead to the Red River Shootout,
2: right? Looking ahead, yeah, Please, I totally agree with you. Come on. No excuses.
1: Iowa State beat you. Yes, beat you. Uh, plain and simple in every facet of the football game. Uh, Kyle Kemp, what a, what an unbelievable story, Trent. I mean, um, a walk on at Iowa State. Goes to a junior college, doesn't play. Gets to Oregon State, doesn't play. I guess him and Matt Campbell have a relationship. They're both from the same hometown. He's going to go to Toledo. Uh, Campbell ends up coming here. Kemp follows him here. I didn't even know who he was. I'll, I'll be perfect. Yeah. Nobody did. No, I didn't even think Cyclone Jerry knew who Kyle <laughs> Kemp was. Honestly. Right, right. I mean, he's his favorite player now probably. Oh, as, absolutely. As, and why wouldn't he be? But just an amazing, amazing story. It really and truly was the number three team in the country, who went to Columbus and beat Ohio State, clearly the team to beat in the Big Ten at the time, planted a flag at midfield. Iowa State comes to town and they got whacked after being down fourteen nothing. Right, twenty five seven. They outscored them in the second half. Iowa State outscored Oklahoma
2: twenty five the seven. They held them seven points of the. It's all of this is ridiculous. It's unthinkable. The park thing dominated, and it's funny. So we're talking Friday. If the suspension, Zeb Nolan's got to be the guy. You got it because you're Have not to. winning this football game. Right. Well, maybe Give Matt Campbell knows a little bit more than we do. Yeah, maybe, maybe just a little maybe bit. Maybe a huh? tad. <laughs>
1: uh, but um, look, at, here's what I, I Bill Bender, one of our favorites, uh, he joins us every Wednesday at twelve forty. Sporting News' national college football columnist. His bowl rankings came out today. Iowa State's in a bowl. In a According, bowl. It's now six. it's the Frisco Bowl and it's not a Big Twelve tie-in and it's before Christmas, but it's a bowl game nonetheless. Yes. If indeed
2: that's you know it comes to fruition, would you say December twentieth? December twentieth. It used to be the Miami Beach Bowl. Okay, but down to uh, Frisco, hop right. on thirty-five, get down there. Is that all it is? Is right? Is Frisco right on thirty-five? It's, it's in Dallas. Well, Frisco's just outside of Dallas. Okay, so, yeah, north. Do you know? Don't know. Okay, but easy trip. Yeah. Boom. Right before Christmas, yeah. ah, we'll take a got vacation days stacked up. Might as well use it. Right? And if
1: you've heard of it before, and you're a college football fan. At least I'm pretty sure, Trent. I guess I should have checked. But that's where the FBS
2: championship yes. is played. Correct? Right, right. When they moved it from Chattanooga, that's where it is. Right. It's a soccer mm-hmm. stadium. It's where the, it, it the looks Dallas like Dallas MLS uh, team gotcha. plays. So North Dakota
1: State plays there yes. on an annual basis <laughs> every, as well. It seems year, like every
2: <laughs> single year. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the hope is back after the loss to Texas. That path to six seemed almost impossible. It was wow. impossible, Trent. Never didn't seem. It was impossible. Kansas on deck. Have you ever seen a team go from a 30-point dog to a 20-point favorite? That's a great point. <laughs> no, that's a
1: Jason Simble question. That is really, really
2: good. That's a 50-point swing. Especially in a conference the, game. The answer's got to be no, right? The answer's no, got to be no. There's no way. No way. Between two conference games, 30-point dog, 20-point favorite.
1: Yeah. It doesn't happen. No, it really and truly doesn't. Wow. Wow, Joe Lanning. I mean, look at the the stories. Uh, the story's Joe Lanning. I guess that's the story, Riz, is? I mean, it was a remarkable performance. What he did on D, coming into and doing what he did. You know, he throws a couple of passes. I think he was two for three. Plays special teams, played defense. Maybe not his best game defensively. You know, coming off a twenty tackle game against Texas, he still struggles with the running back kind of the delay mm-hmm. out of the backfield going out and uh, going out to catch a pass. He's still struggling. With that, but was but that the so second touchdown where he I got? I think yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And he didn't look good on that. play. No, no, he he, he really didn't. But look, uh, Willie Harvey doesn't play. Marcel Spear steps up. He was out of his mind again yes, he this was. week. I didn't see Songamoa on the field, huh? And, and he was a guy that was, you know, every time Matt Campbell would meet the media on Monday, it was he's taking another step, and he's playing. His mm-hmm. he, I mean, his his snap counts were up. I don't know if he played this past week. We know Willie Harvey didn't. Yep. one of the offensive linemen was Robbie Garcia. I don't think played as well. Um, but Son Camo is a guy that he's hard to miss, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. he really and truly is. But um, look, we'll be talking about this one a long time. It, 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 very quickly was you know where does this one rank? Right, because we have to rank it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Latest is always the greatest. It is, so but you know what? The, it, but this might be. This one might be correct when you say the latest, is always. The Oklahoma State win was at home. Mm-hmm. They didn't do anything afterwards. They right. didn't. They lost out after that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a massive, massive win because that, at the time, was the BCS formula, and that essentially knocked the Cowboys out of any BCS home. It was a standalone game, right? It was Friday night. That was it. Mm-hmm. This one had some competition, although I have to think that as the game was going on, I know my Twitter feed from national guys. Yep, they gravitated to the Iowa State potential upset, uh, you know, very early, and that became the focus of their Twitter. And accounts. it was on
2: Big Fox. It was on Big Fox. So yep. It wasn't an FS1. Nope. It, well, Fox. You didn't have to Midwest search to find it. Yep. You're
1: right. Uh, where Kansas Iowa State will be this week? You're gonna yes. have to search on one of the Fox family of, uh, of networks. So. Um, but it's Oklahoma. The game is in, Norman, where you never, ever, ever win. The number three team in the country, team that knocked off Ohio State. This was the team that was going to get the Big 12 back into the bowl playoff again. Quarterback is a walk-on. who's never played a football game. Uh, the whole Joe Lanning story. And the fact that it wasn't a fluke. You know, the, <laughs> right. it was
2: not. There was nothing fluky about this outcome. The final play, you know, the... Joel Lanning spying Baker Mayfield yes. at all time, and there were a few of those plays where mm-hmm. he was standing back there. But you know standing. what, and I agree
1: with you, and, and it seems like the Texas game and the Iowa, and, and the Oklahoma game, that they're rushing three guys, but it's not like they're getting killed in the air. No. So they're obviously playing their gaps exceptionally well, mm-hmm. and as you mentioned, Joel Lanning staying in there to, to spy Baker Mayfield on the, on the final play, and made him throw it on the run. Lanning sack earlier in that, in that quarter, the fumble recovery. It's an all-timer, Trent. It's it an is. all-timer.
2: So this will go down as the Joel Anning game. You know that's well. What, is that fair to Kyle Kempt? I don't think it is. I don't. And, think and it what I saw, it. you know, Iowa State people say that I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa! You just had a f- guy that never taken a meaningful snap in his career. Apparently, he'd thrown two passes. Did you know that? I had heard that, and that was it leading into the game. I hadn't. I, I don't remember seeing him throw no. those passes. They were probably late in blowouts, and that was it. So, mm-hmm. but uh, and and it made me flip the main TV down in the man cave from. The Hawkeye game to the Cyclo game. You know, that's difficult for me. I, know, I bet it is. But uh, yeah, into the second half, all of a sudden, after the Brandon Snyder pick, I'm like, all okay, right, okay, here we go. What a play by Snyder, by right, the right. way. We'll I mean, get into that later with, with Mark, Mark sure. But yeah, it got me to flip over. So uh, the little TV went to the Hawkeyes and the big TV was the Cyclones. <laughs> Something doesn't happen very often. So you the know how I
1: watch those games when they go up against each other? I tape them both. Right. And I start watching one, then at about, I don't know, 10 minutes in, because I don't want to see the score on the bottom, right? Okay. And if you can train yourself to stay. Because once you start getting behind a little bit, you're okay. If you can get through that first big thing, and then you catch up with the other one. Then uh-huh. you go back and you you give yourself a note what was going on. So I mean, eh, just tricks of the trade, folk. <laughs> we're letting you buy. We're letting you peer behind the curtain. Um, but yeah, we'll get to the Iowa game coming up. So so what does this do in the in the big scheme of things for Iowa State? I think you I mean you mentioned that the bull thing is. It's back. Yes. I mean, we thought that they had to be minimum three and one coming out of the Texas game. Everybody assumed if Mm -hmm. they are there, they're three and two after Oklahoma because that's what was going to happen. Well, now all of a sudden, here we are and three and two. Three and two. Just like nobody knew. Yeah, nobody took that path to get to that point. But you know what?
2: At the end of the day, here comes Kansas, four and two. Mm -hmm. And then you find two. And then you find two. And I think you can find two. I think there are two wins out there, certainly for this team, and and what we've seen out of them. And I mean, Jesse
1: Ertz got hurt this past weekend too. In case that De- now that's the last game of the year. And, and look for his sake, I hope he's back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Snyder's not going you know, to let, uh, let anybody know how serious it is. That he has to the backup was good though. Was he? I didn't yeah. see much of it.
2: He uh, he ran it really
1: well. So and he's I, he's a similar
2: style to Ertz, huh? Yeah, I'd say more athletic, bigger. Really. I mean, he's, yeah. So maybe one, Ertz. <laughs> yeah, that's very true because Ertz hasn't been very good. No, yeah, well, I'm not sure K State. But it was also a young guy, you don't have any tape on, you know, that right. kind of thing. Sure. And good uh, point. It was an entertaining game, though. And went to overtime. Mm-hmm. I had K State in the points and our picks on Fridays. Did you? Go for two. They <laughs> Texas scored right away, goes up seven. Yeah. K State comes back to score. Don't go for two. And then second overtime, two holding penalties. They were like uh, third and 28, tried a 53-yarder, no good. Mm-hmm. Texas, kicking the field goal on third down, goes for it, scores a touchdown, wins it by six. That's not a cover when you have four. Yeah, no, it's not, right. They don't <laughs> let you cash that. Texas getting better? Yeah. I think so, they too. are. I Ellinger so too. Was really good. Really? Against that K-State yep. defense. That certainly is the bright spot of them. Yeah, I think so. He's really good. Mm-hmm. He's Red River Shootout this week's got some juice. Oh yeah, you know. Have they announced where game day is going to be? Not that I. I no, no,
1: they must have. But the, the answer is they must have. But I haven't
2: seen it. I haven't either because I saw some speculation late last night. Really? And they people said, well, maybe it'll be Red River Shootout, but it's just not a great slate of games. I game I day in it.
1: Cincinnati. Is, what is that it? I just I'm I'm clicking on I'm I'm searching Twitter. No, oh that, no, that's not it. That's a that's that's not it.
2: They're heading where are they going to James Madison? What James Madison against Villanova? Well, they do one of those one of those. Well, they've yeah. been to New York City though, so that yeah. I would have thought would have been the one time they kind of deviated from. From SEC country, can't help but wonder if Oklahoma's lost Iowa State affected the decision. Uh,
1: the answer is yes. Yes.
2: Because so, Texas
1: is trending upwards. The answer is yes. James Madison. That made it easier to make that call. Is where they will be. We will be with Mark Morehouse on the other side of this. We'll get into the Hawks, Illinois, against more, again, more Iowa State conversation coming up. I Look, at I know Bama Bob's going to want to start there. He was uh, texting me essentially after every play. It was almost <laughs> like enough, Bama. I'm watching. Yeah. Um, so, But Dylan Moss will be here at 120. He, again, is at the press conferences up in names right now. We'll get the latest on the Jacob Park status, if there is any. Um, Matt Campbell has essentially ruled him out, according to some of the tweets that I've just read. Uh, but the depth chart came out, and he's right on top of it again. There is an or uh, beside Jacob Park or Kyle Kempt, but at the press conference it did sound like uh, Coach Campbell has ruled him out. Uh, Matt Moore, uh, Matt Morehouse, Mark Morehouse will be here next. We will talk Iowa's win over Illinois, where they are at the bye and what we can expect coming up uh, coming out of the bye. They, we, we will take a break. We'll come back. It's the Ken Miller Show. 1700 KBGG.
0: 1700 KBGG brings you Westwood One coverage of the NFL all season long through the Super Bowl.
2: It's football season, and that means it is time to find your spot for all the big games. Trenk out in here for Draft House 50 on Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. 48 big screen TVs, all the games on, college Saturdays and the NFL on Sundays, Draft House 50 in West Des Moines. But it's not just about having all the great games on. You need more than that. You need great food. Draft House 50 has just that. Huge burgers. My favorite, the pizza burger. Ground beef, Italian sausage, mozzarella cheese, a little marinara, and pepperoni. Big burgers, great sandwiches, pizza. If you want to go with the lighter fare, they got salads and appetizers for you as well. And you can't forget about the beer in the name Draft House 50, local beers on tap, micro brews, whatever you're in the mood for, make it Draft House 50 in West Des Moines. Your football headquarters, Draft House 50, 6240 Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. I'll see you there.
4: Hey, it's me, the donkey emoji. <coughs> Aww. I just want to say, if you're texting and driving, you're acting like a jack. <coughs> Put down the phone. Focus on the road and make zero fatalities your goal in Iowa.
5: Are you going to the Central Iowa Business Conference on October 11th? It's a day focused on helping Central Iowa businesses master their processes and accelerate their success. I'm Todd McDonald from ATW Training Solutions. My team and I will be attending because we know that in order to move forward, you sometimes need to take a step back, look at where you are and where you want to go. October 11th is one of those days for us. We're looking forward to hearing from nationally recognized authors that are excited to help Central Iowa companies. One of those authors is Gina Wickman, author of the best-selling book, Traction. We've seen the success of his traction concepts not only in our own business, but many of the companies we work with. We're also looking forward to hearing from Vicki Halsey, co-author of the book, Legendary Service, because we know how important it is to take care of our customers. If you're looking to master your business, come learn from the experts. The Central Iowa Business Conference is presented by EO Iowa and Mediacom. For more information, visit centraliowabusinessconference.com or contact the Urbandale Chamber of Commerce.
4: Join us for an evening of celebration, reflection, and commitment
1: at Wildwood Hills Ranch Wild About the Child Banquet. Hear inspiring stories how Wildwood Hills Ranch has impacted the lives of Iowa's youth from its beginning and learn how you can be a part of its amazing history. The event is at the Holiday Inn, Jordan Creek, on Sunday, October the 29th from 6 until 8. Event info and registration can be found on their website, wildwoodhillsranch.org. All right, welcome back. It's the Ken Miller Show, 1700 KBGG. Trent Condon and myself Monday through Friday, noon to 2. Uh, obviously, in the first segment, and deservedly so, talked a lot of Iowa State and Oklahoma. There was another game this weekend. and In fact, it was in state at Kinnick Stadium, uh, the Hawkeyes really opened up late, uh, scored, a, what I think, three touchdowns in the fourth quarter to really pull away, 45-16. Over the Illini, they hit the break at 4-2. and two. Trent Condon, let's talk to Mark Morehouse, shall we? Yes, let's do it. Uh, Mark, uh, Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you?
7: You bet. You guys, i got to say, I watched the Matt Campbell show last night, and I don't know who the gentleman is who does the voiceover for the highlight portion of that program. He was tremendous.
1: You know, I've never it seen him. was
7: fantastic. It it was it was fantastic, just a whoever it is a, take tip of the cap, looked at the game with some b amusement uh-huh. uh, a little bit of humor and and really hit all the right notes. I thought it was fantastic it was a uh, Really good vehicle for the program.
1: Well, John Walters will be very happy to hear that. Uh, that that's quite an endorsement. I've never seen the show. It's um, I think it's locally on KWCI. Is it not Channel Twenty yeah. Three? Yep. And so that's good, Mark. What time does it air in the eastern part of the state? You know, we obviously do.
7: Uh, let me tell you. I'll, I'll preface this by you said eastern part of the state. Yes, it's after the Farrand show on
1: Channel Nine. <laughs> on uh,
7: I want to say it's eleven eleven o five or something like that. Well,
1: good that it's getting clearance out there, nonetheless. Well, Mark, let's um, you know, Josie Jewell, first of all. He he, did, he left, walked up the tunnel. You're thinking, oh my God, what's going on here? He did come back in the game, obviously, and played and played like Josie Jewell did. Uh, is this a really good week for the for the Hawks to have a bye? Because might we be more? Might there be more concern around Jewel if there was a game to play this? Season? Saturday?
7: Maybe, but I, just in the few minutes in the post game with Jewel, I'll tell you how I couldn't tell if he was hurt. First thing he looks at me and asks me, what's the score of the Iowa State game? And I said, well, they won by seven. And he said, did Jewel play quarterback? And I said, uh, yeah, he did a little bit. I'm not exactly sure how much. And he said, well, hey, you act like you know what you're talking about with this game. And I go, well, I was covering your game, and he said, well, come on. I mean, you should know everything. You act like you know it. I said, well, I always act like I know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, I think his shoulder was okay. I think uh, I think Iowa kind of sort of lucky in that uh, they're going in the bye week with really, I, I think Boone Meyer's probably the mm-hmm. worst injury they have, and that's something they've been dealing with all year. Um, Jules seems fine. <laughs> going off that conversation, uh, I think he's fine came back and played uh, full full bore. I think he had, he was held he was only held to like 12 tackles in this game. So uh, he's fine. Um trying to think uh, oh, I think everybody I, I think this team's in actually relatively good health going into I think the sec, the tougher half of their season. You know, I think a a back end 4 and 2 in this would be very impressive for this team.
2: You know, Mark, I, I love that story because I think at times we just think of these guys as cyborgs and they're out there, but even the players are looking up at the scoreboard at Kinnick Stadium and seeing other scores that are happening, and, and they saw everything that we saw. Hey, Iowa State's right there with Oklahoma, and then asking the question afterwards, I, I think it, it brings a little bit to light, A, the kind of person Josie Jewell is, asking about Joel Lanning, but, but secondly, got to realize these guys aren't just in a bubble. They, they realize there's other things happening other than just Iowa football.
7: And, hey, uh, I think, you know, they're competitors on one Saturday of fall. But I think Iowa players know a lot. I mean, there's a lot of connectivity there. Sure. I mean, these guys played high school football together. Yeah. They uh, all-star teams together, maybe other sports together. So they know each other. And I thought it was interesting that, uh, you know, <laughs> did Joel play quarterback. It's exactly what he said. So I thought that was interesting. And uh, there is connectivity. And I imagine, you know, for the most part, unless there's, oh, some deep-seated thing, uh, that most Iowa players want to see Iowa State do well, and I think vice versa. After they their particular game together
6: in the fall.
1: Hmm. Well, we, um, we, we know Wisconsin's almost got to lay to a 12-0. and 0. Sure, the Iowa game and the Michigan game. Um, but when you take a look at Iowa's schedule, Mark, and the reason I brought up Wisconsin in their path, which was very similar to Iowa a couple of years ago, it's starting to become apparent that, that Iowa's crossover teams this year are probably going to end up 1-2-3 in the East, especially when you consider what Michigan State was able to do to Michigan this past weekend.
7: And did you? That game was amazing. I thought just the it was almost like a horror movie for Michigan fans, and that you have the monster on the one sideline, and it's always Antonio. And then the wow. rain. Yep. What what a beautiful Saturday night for Big Ten football. yet When the uh, uh, Wisconsin Nebraska game was competitive, and then you had Michigan mm-hmm. Michigan State game. Wow. So yeah, I think I was the back half of Iowa schedule. I, I think is it's it's obviously the one that's going to mark what this season is or mm-hmm. isn't. And the crossovers, Ken, it's, it's a great point. But, you know, a few years ago, Wisconsin ran the same gamut. And mm-hmm. it's just going to be how it goes every, every other year or so. You're, you're not going to – you don't pick that. And the year that Iowa – you know, in 2015 when Iowa was 12-0, and Iowa didn't pick its Big Ten schedule. So, you know, you get what you get. And this year, Iowa got, you know, both barrels. I mean, that's a – those crossover games are no joke.
2: Well, for Iowa, it is a bye week, a chance to heal up and they get ready for the back half of the schedule. Six in front, six in back. Uh, everybody always says the bye is coming at a good time. It really does feel truthful for this Hawkeye team, doesn't it, Mark?
7: Yeah, I think uh, I thought maybe last week was sort of like a half a bye because that really, and I think everybody knows, and I think we can say this now, uh, that was Iowa's maybe last lock on the schedule. Yeah. In Illinois. Um, maybe in a couple of years it'll be good. And mm-hmm. I, I thought they do have some good young players, but they're only—they really are only true freshmen. It's going to take some time. Um, so Iowa broke in a whole—you know—Tristan Werfs at right tackle. I mean, I don't think you do that the week before at Michigan State. You do it in a little more comfortable setting, and so now he's got some film under him, and it looks like he's going to be the right tackle moving on. And then you have a new punter kind of worked in there, and uh, um, oh, they—they they really were active and trying to get ivory kelly martin and torn young into the game early on so
1: started young you know
7: i would kind of hit kind of yeah i kind of hits the reset button and uh goes into you know the bye week with you know tristan worse probably gonna looking at maybe being a four and a, a three and a half year starter and uh you know I think that they're they're trying to carve out the best offensive line they can get going forward and going into this last half of the season.
1: Mm-hmm. Three picks for the Hawks. The one everybody remember obviously is going to be Brandon Snyder, uh, who miraculously was able to get back in before the bye week. Mark and I know that you know talking to you on a weekly basis essentially since the injury happened um, in the spring. Nobody, for the most part, maybe the Brandon himself thought he was going to play, but just, getting back on the field as quickly as he did. And and playing the kind of game that he did, did he show any ill effects following the game? Did you guys have a chance to talk to him?
7: Uh, yeah, he talked, and uh, he was he seemed fine. Um, I think it's just a matter of uh, that football shape and the hitting and the contact and the cutting. You know, it's that's a different kind of energy, and that's going to take some time. But I do think, you know, p- perhaps this is Iowa's best safety lineup moving forward, and I think that'll help the defense. I mean, once Brandon Snyder gets more comfortable, the guy is hes a premier Big Ten's run safety, run support safety. I mean, he hits you, and uh, you're going the other way. So I think that'll help Iowa in the run game. It looks like Amani Hooker's just gaining more and more confidence every week, and I think probably those are your two safety guys moving forward.
2: Well, the Northwestern game on deck after the bye week and. I know there was some speculation about a possibility of a night game, but uh just announced it'll be an 11 o'clock kick, ABC, ESPN, or ESPN2 for that one. So I'm sure uh, you're going to be singing the praises of the TV execs after that one, right? Absolutely.
6: Well, it
7: was Scott Doctroman who kept telling me that he, he thought maybe night game for this game, opposite of whatever, I think it's Penn State and Michigan, hmm. or Penn State and somebody next week. Anyway, uh, he, he, Penn State, he Michigan, saying, oh, you're right. Because, yep, you're right. He said BTN will have Iowa and North, Northwestern at night, and I thought, oh, I, that, theory, that theory sounds pretty strong. I just hope you're wrong. And, uh, <laughs> woo, yeah, we dodged the bullets there. I, I, I think if you're looking at Iowa's next night game, I'd, I have to think it'll probably, probably be um, uh, Ohio State. Uh, I, I just think Ohio State sort of brings that, and this will be the week after Ohio State. I believe it's the week after Ohio State plays Penn State, which is really kind of the championship game in the West, or in the East, I think, so. I think probably Ohio State gets the demands at night stage and that's probably the next night game for the Hawkeyes.
1: And you're right, Penn State does play Ohio State in Columbus the, the week before. Uh and no fan's having a terrific year at a tight end. He is going to play at the next level. Uh but T J Hawkinson I think deserves a little bit of love. He was only there was he only caught two balls. I think he was maybe targeted one or two other times. Uh but he started to become a weapon, don't you think, Mark?
7: Yeah, and the one thing that he's really shown me this year is he's a willing blocker. He doesn't, you know, he, he's still only a redshirt freshman, so there are some physical battles that you know that he goes into that, uh, you know, against a third-year, you know, uh, defensive end. It's going to be tough for him, but I think for the most part he's held his own blocking, and I think that's probably what's kept made him I was sort of main tight end. I mean, he plays more snaps than Noah Font because he can block better, and that's you know that's basically the bottom line there. So that's really impressed me with his game, and he's starting to get more and more looks in the passing game, uh, and he's not disappointed. He's a big body, and he can move. Uh, very impressive. I think, you know, was set a tight end for a while. We haven't seen Sean Byer yet. I think he's probably kind of along the lines of uh, sort of in between Font and Hawkinson as far as what he can do, maybe a little faster than, Font, or than Hawkinson, and I think he probably would be a weapon soon. But, yeah, I think Iowa tight ends so far this year trending way up and uh, fits with what, I, what Brian Fingers wants to do with the offense.
2: Drew Cook, another one that made the transition over, and we'll see how that uh, relates for him. You know, Mark, uh, the run game took a while to get going. It did. First possession, we see Torin Young come out, Ivory Cully. Martin gets the third carry and then promptly fumbles. Is it just that they wanted to get work for the young guys, or was there maybe a little message to Akron Wadley?
7: I don't know what the message would be, Trent. I really don't. I mean, uh, if you look at the game, look at the game. Now, don't look at who started. Mm-hmm. Look at the game. Twenty-three carries mm-hmm. for Akron Wiley. I don't know how many receptions he had. Re- he had a touchdown catch, two touchdowns. He talks to BTN on the field after the game. He get, he's given the podium treatment from uh, Iowa Sports Information staff after the game. I, if he's being punished, I don't really see it. I, mm-hmm. I just don't know what it'd be for. Maybe he said something in the lock in the post game at Michigan State. But if he said anything that was could have been construed as negative toward the team, well, they were all. He was the only one who maybe said that. But they were all disappointed, and it was all it was a bitter, disappointing defeat at Michigan State. So I, you know, I I've kind of run the numbers on Ferentz wadleys doghouse theory, and it just doesn't add up this week. I mean, talking to the BTN after, you know, I I, I just don't get the conspiracy there. I really think that I will needed and kind of wanted to to get Torn Young on track. I think they've been kind of – they know they have to do that, and they've been putting it off, I think, this year because, you know, the opponents they've had the last three weeks, I think it had to happen against Illinois, and I think it will happen more and more as the season goes on. It has to.
1: Mm. Mark, last thing, Um, Miguel Racinos is is really starting to – you know, I you hate to call a kicker automatic because next week he's going to miss a couple of uh, chippies, but he hasn't missed an extra point. I think he's five for six on field goals when he gets that opportunity. Uh, Miguel Rosino'ske went into camp uh, apparently with a it was going to be a real fight between him and Keith Duncan. He has taken this starting uh, kicker job and just run with it. He, first half of the season, Racino has been way better than anybody thought. At least I feel.
7: Yeah, you know, when he got up, he got to Iowa. He's he's a legit six. 162, tall kid, lanky. I think he was 170 pounds, and I think his dad said with a belly full of water. So he's put on that weight, and he's a, he's a strong athlete now. He's gained 20 pounds. And uh, I don't. last year he said he didn't like where he was as a, as a specialist, and he, so he refocused. And very intelligent kid, very uh, cerebral in his approach. And whatever clicked, whatever clicked either physically or mentally with him, Keep doing that, man. Keep doing that because it's so far so good. I think five or six field goals. He's doing everything you would want as a kickoff specialist, which does add up, Mm -hmm. which does help the team, and all that stuff. I mean, he's, you know, I almost kind of asked, well, I did ask him one thing, you know, with all the fakes going on. I asked him, when do you get to run the ball? And he laughed and said, nope. (laughs) But then I kind of thought maybe asking him, but I didn't because I didn't want to be disrespectful. The other guys were actually doing the job, but can you punt? Do you have that in you? <laughs> and uh, that's yeah. still something. That's that's still something I think that I was kind of working I out. Um, obviously, be. obviously, you guys, saw, you guys saw Rasseder and Ryan Gersondi Saturday. So they're trying to figure that out. Um, I don't think you'll look at any of the kickers jumping in there.
1: Yeah, too bad, Mark. Great stuff. Uh, enjoy your bye week, I guess. Right? There's no response, media opportunities this week, is there? For the Hawks, you in the bye, or is? There? Uh,
7: yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian Ference and uh, Phil Parker will talk, I believe, Wednesday. Oh, good. So. I'm, it's a one-day work week for me, and uh, I can't wait.
1: I bet you can. Thank you, Mark. Enjoy it. You bet. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette, thegazette.com backslash sports. Time out. When we uh, come back, we'll get Bama Bob in here, get his thoughts on college football this past week. Dylan Monts, uh from the Ames Tribune on Iowa State at 120. Jordan Burnfield, we will head uh, I guess to the pulse of sports in the country today, Trent, could you call it that? Monday Night
2: Football, yeah. Game 3, Divisional Playoff, Natties, Cubs. And we got baseball already underway. Give
1: me an update. What have you got?
2: one nothing. Uh Check that. 1-1. One, one. The, Red, the Sox Red Sox have Sox just Sox tied, have tied it, it up as they play in the bottom of the first.
1: Go, Houston, go. I'm sick. Anyways, we'll take a timeout. <laughs> Bama Bob is next. It's the Ken Miller Show, 1700 KBGG. KBGG.
8: Is your grass cut out for it? Fall is the best time to seed your lawn. And right now, the Home Depot has 20% off Scott's Turf Builder grass seed bags, 15 pounds or larger. Only Turf Builder has Water Smart Plus coating technology, along with nutrients to jumpstart new growth and protect against diseases. Get healthy grass, guaranteed. For a healthy lawn, it's time to sow the seeds of success. With 20% off Scott's Turf Builder grass seed, only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. bow through October 11th. This is Charles Osgood. Tax compliance can be a real pain for businesses. That's why I'd like to tell you about Avalara's powerful tax automation technology. Avalara simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax rate calculations and automatic return filing. Avalara's software already integrates with your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems, so it couldn't be easier. Find out how the good people at Avalara can help you at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot com.
3: It's fall at JCPenney. Time to refresh your closet. This Thursday through
2: Monday, get Levi's lowest prices of the season on 514 Straight Fit Jeans for Guys, $36.99. And select Arizona Booties for Her for $35.99. Plus, save an additional 50% off clearance prices already reduced by 60 to 80%. And get an extra $10 off with your coupon. Hurry in now. JCPenney. Coupon Valid 10-5 to 10-9, Levi's and other brands excluded from coupon. Clearance elections vary by store while supplies
8: last. Savings off regular and original prices. Intermediate markdowns may have been taken. See 4 or JCPenney.com for details. Season 1, 927 to 1018.
1: Show here on 1700 KBGG. Trent Con and myself with you until two o'clock this afternoon. Jimmy B and TC coming up from four to six. Monday night football right here on your radio setting. Uh, the Vikings visit the Bears Monday night football tonight. Right now, Bama, Bob, in this segment, we usually start talking, well, we do every week, uh, national college football, Bama. But as uh, busy as your Twitter feed or your text feed back and forth to me was on Saturday, I'm assuming you'll want to start with the Iowa State upset over Oklahoma. How about that, Bama?
6: Yeah, that's the game of the year so far in in terms of national implications. And, and look, I'm, I'm so happy for the – for the program, for the for the team, they played so hard, and you know sometimes you see teams like this go in as, as big underdogs, and they play really well, and they, I don't know if you, I don't want to call it playing over their heads, but you know what I mean. Listen, Oklahoma has more talent. Let's just face it. Yeah. Um, but they 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 are able to finish it, and they're able to, uh, you know, harass, um, you know, make big plays when they need to. The the touchdown pass to Lazard. The, the weird thing with Jacob Park, I don't, I haven't seen. Any more on that, um, I don't know if you guys know a little more, uh, you know, rumors, facts, whatever, as to why he didn't go, didn't play. But to go in there with a, basically a what a walk-on quarterback, yep. I guess.
1: Walk-on, yep, never played before. Um,
6: and then Joel Lanning, the game that that kid played, I, I haven't seen anything quite like that. Uh, I, I was trying to remember, and I can't. You know, not only plays at middle linebacker causing the fumble, coming up with the fumble you know running into the wildcat um, just you know the sack of mayfield there toward the end was huge um it just played an incredible game and you know their, their their guys made plays when they needed to and again just really happy for that program for the fan base and they shook up the college football world uh, much like they did back in 2011 um, you know and when they beat up the state on a thursday night but friday night I don't think you yeah for, yeah I don't think anybody saw this one coming um, but really happy for them, and and I mean this this is just the Big Twelve now is and I don't want to say they're in trouble because they still have an undefeated team in TCU that that can get there on uh, the table. But if TCU stumbles, mm. then that means you know you're going to have at least a one loss team as your conference champion. And um, you know how are they going to go head to head, Ohio State, Oklahoma, if those two finish with one loss? Uh, you know, I mean it's just I don't know. It, it was it was great to see and. and Certainly, the biggest upset of the season, and and the way they played the game, it wasn't a fluke. I mean, they just, they really just, uh, you know, they got down and they they came back and got ahead, and just, you know, it was much like Washington State against USC, it was just a football game. And, and Lanning, you know, I thought just had one of the best games individually that I've seen in a long, long time.
1: Well, you know, look, guys, we we've seen peppers, you know, with DB go out and catch a pass, right. Charles Woodson, DB go out and, and catch a pass never see a middle linebacker line up a quarterback and, and play as many snaps yeah. as he did. Now it, it was remarkable Bama. It, it really and truly was. You know, and to your point about let, let's follow up um you know what that means in in the big picture. And I know that we're only halfway home at this point. Right. But the Ohio if Ohio State and Oklahoma have, you know, finished with one win or or one loss rather, uh, what yeah. is that going to do? And I mean Georgia and Alabama look as though they might potentially be on a uh, an SEC championship track, both at 12-0. and 0. And, you know, one of them is going to lose, obviously. And if that's a close right. game, what is that going to mean? Uh, this shook up college football playoff again halfway through the season. We haven't even had our first ESPN, hasn't even had their first Tuesday Night Bowl picture unveiling or whatever it is. And we've already got carnage or chaos, as Jimmy B likes to call it.
6: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we got a little more, uh, you know, Saturday night when Michigan uh, just you know, handed the game to Michigan State, basically, with yeah. those five turnovers. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, to me, Ken, and, and I know we're, listen, I know we're a long, long way from it, okay? I understand. And, you know, the good part is we're only halfway through. The bad part is we're already halfway through. I mean, it's just, um, but it, to me, and I don't care what happens the rest of the way, you know, I know, you know you're going to have strength of schedule, all this kind of stuff, and, you know, conference champion, true champion, all this you know, blah blah blah. But if it comes down to if I'm on the college playoff committee and I've got a one-loss Oklahoma and I've got a one-loss Ohio State, say vying for that last spot, I have to give it to the team that won the game mm-hmm. on the field. And I know it's week two, and I know you know, hey, look, look how good Ohio State's getting, and JT Barrett, and you know all, and you know they would have a win over. Uh, at that time, you know, Penn State and Michigan and probably Wisconsin and, and everything else, and, and Nebraska certainly this week. And, you know, I understand all that, but this isn't college basketball where you kind of discount what happens because you play 35 games and you kind of discount what happens in in November and early December. Okay, I mean, if, if we're not going to give credit for a team playing a big game Week two, going on the road and winning, and we're not going to give them credit for that at the end of the year. Uh, then why play the game?
1: Yeah, and I, I think that's one of
6: those things that, that you know we would be setting a dangerous precedent. But we do have a long way to go. I don't think I think there might be one team that can get through undefeated. That I think that might be Alabama. Uh, I I think the Big Ten eventually will. I don't know that Penn State can can win out. I don't know that uh you know anybody in the Pac twelve is gonna win out. Washington State had a big win at Oregon, but they've got a lot left on their schedule. Um but yeah, it you know, Clemson I think's got a shot in the ACC. Uh Florida State may have something to say about that. Miami again maybe in the in a championship game, but um man, that was um they, they <laughs> once again the the football world revolved around Ames Iowa on Saturday. <laughs>
2: It's crazy, or Norman,
6: Oklahoma, however you want to look at. Yeah, it. and
2: and with this happening, and with the, you know the questions that remain out there, you got Alabama continuing to dominate, regardless of what happened late there against A and M. They dominated that game, and uh, Georgia continuing to yeah. dominate. Twelve mm-hmm. and Bulldogs, twelve and tied. Loser of that one still have a realistic shot, especially if it's Georgia. Alabama probably would get in if they lose yeah. a tight one to Georgia. Could the Bulldogs do that? The same, be twelve and one with the loss against Bama and get into the college football playoff? Uh,
6: they could. Here's the thing. I think it's going to be working against them. Um, look, the SEC, say what you want, is down this year, okay? There's no question about it. Um, for for Alabama, and, and, and I think right now we can all agree, there's three, there's two really good teams. There's one we think is might be a really good team in Auburn, and then there's kind of a bunch of okay teams in Florida and LSU and, you know, who, you know, Pick pick whoever else you want. Not Kentucky, not yeah exactly (laughs) out of that group. But here's here's what's going to be the problem is Auburn has Alabama and Georgia left on the schedule. The last you know three two of the last three games, and they get them in Auburn. So for Alabama and Georgia to both get there, that means Auburn's going to have two losses. Okay, to get there undefeated, I don't think there's going to be much of an appetite for a, a conference that is perceived as being down right now to put the only two good teams you have in that conference in the playoff. No matter how good the SEC championship game is, and it goes to overtime or or whatever it is, I think that's going to be, I think you're going to have, you're not going to have a lot of appetite nationally. I don't know how much appetite you're going to have on the committee for that. Um, You you know, so I I just, I, I don't, I think the odds of that happening are low just because right now the perception and really the reality of the SEC being down, and it's true. So, are you going to really want to put your only two good teams in that conference, both of them in the playoff? I don't. I don't know that there's going to be much of an appetite for that. Although, if you have a two-loss, you know, Big Twelve champion, let's say that you're comparing it against, or uh, you know, a, a two-loss Pac-12 champion, something like that, then, then yeah, maybe you'd have a shot. Um, you know, Notre Dame's another team that nobody's talking about right now. That five and one. 5-1, and one going into a bye. I think they've got they, – they come out of that, I believe, with, with USC. They and do, NC yep. State at, Yeah, USC and NC State at home. They're going to have Stanford on the schedule. They go to Miami. You know, listen, I think the odds of them running that are, are low, but if they get there – now, they're not – obviously they don't have any kind of championship game. Um, and, but, look, if they get there uh, at, at – Twelve and one, whatever it's going to be, eleven and one. Man, you're going to have a hard time keeping that team out with their only loss being to Georgia. Mm-hmm. And how ironic would that be? You know, in your scenario, uh, how about a twelve and one Notre Dame against a one loss Georgia team that beat them?
1: Yeah, yeah. no, I, I'm with you, Batman. Notre Dame's still got to play Wake Forest, and you know, <laughs> the Wake yeah. Forest is better this year. Hey, let They're me ask fun, you, they really are. Yeah, they really are. Let me ask you about Chris Peterson, who um, ESPN is. I think they're bullying him. I really and truly do. I agree. When, totally Quinn, agree. when Quinn Kusnick went to put the three cupcakes on the field, man, my ESPN doesn't do that to anybody else. Kirk Herbstreit goes out of his way on game day to call him up. I get Chris Peterson's beef. It's 1045 in the East in time zone when his team kicks right. off. The playoff committee is supposed to watch every game. Do they? I would like to think that they do. We're not sure. Recruits maybe? You know, program exposure at ten forty-five after a full day of college football—that's asking a lot to sit in front of your TV until the bitter end of the Pac-12 at, at after dark. I get his beef.
6: I get it too, um, and and but look, couple things there, and I think these were some good arguments. And first of all, I agree. I thought what Herb Street did was pretty classless. Okay, saying that that you know Chris Peterson ought to thank ESPN, right? Because they're paying $3 billion. Okay, well, nobody put a gun to ESPN's head to pay that kind of ridiculous money to televise the Pac-12. All right, the other thing is, you know, I thought it was totally classless of, of, of you know, the, uh, you mentioned that. Uh, sure. yeah, Kestnick,
1: Yeah,
6: Kestnick, yeah. And then Mark Jones and Gilmore, who I really don't like as an announcing tandem. I don't, I don't like either one of them. You know, they went after him later on in, in a series of tweets and all that kind of stuff, and. You know, talking about how his, uh, and even on air, you know, they put some graphics up there about the ratings of the Pac-12 games late. And, you know, Gilmore talked about, yeah, he's entitled to his opinion, but he's not entitled to make up his own facts and all that kind of crap. So, I mean, I thought they really went after him in an unfair way. You know, I think some of what he's saying has merit. Uh, you know, mainly for the fans, and that's really what—that's mainly his point. Was hey, it's painful for our fans. You know, our fans would like to, you know, some afternoon games, maybe. Um, that said, you know, probably most of his recruits are on the West Coast, California, yeah, probably in the so.
1: Area.
6: So I mean, you know, that's prime time out there. Yep. Didn't seem to hurt him last year. They made it to the playoff. Yep. So I mean, well, I don't know a quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know exactly. Other than you know feeling for the fans and maybe there is maybe the fans don't like all night games i don't know i mean maybe it is fun to kick off at one o'clock in the afternoon um you know i i don't quite get that i understand you know like you said nobody's watching you know probably east of uh boise you know and by the time those games go off but uh, you know it is what it is and you, you do have to play the game you know when they tell you to play it and you know so far they're doing okay but i i i'm you know i like herb street i thought that was pretty uh, tasteless on his part and i really thought what they did in game both yep. the you know on the sidelines and the announcers in game i thought was just really uncalled for and totally unprofessional
1: no doubt they don't do that against uh, to any other school bam i don't think great Absolutely. stuff bam i still got four things i want to ask you we're out of time <laughs> <laughs> maybe right. maybe we'll find a segment on Wednesday if you're uh, you know ten minutes allowed just to catch up. But I mean we're halfway Anytime. through the season. It's it's wonderful it goes so darn fast. Bama, thank you. Uh, we'll talk to you if not before. We'll talk to you on Friday in this segment as well. Okay. Anytime, Ken. You know that. All right, buddy. Take care. Bama, Bob, right, talking college football with us as we wrap up the first hour of the week. When we come back, Trent uh, Dillamont's one twenty mm-hmm. and Jordan Burnfield. At uh, 140, we'll go to Chicago and preview game three of Natty's Cubs and MNF.
2: uh, Just a little massive in Chicago today, huh? Big, big day. What a day in Chicago. Game three. How about being in Wrigley today?
1: It'd be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. You like, you trust Kintana? I do. Do you? Yeah, I do. Uh, we'll talk a little baseball on the other side of this. Yeah, How about that? Uh, the 1 o'clock hour is coming up next. It's the Ken Miller Show, 1700 KBGG.
4: Hey, it's Tiki Barber and Brandon Tierney. We are Tiki and Tierney, giving you the big scoop on all the games. Afternoons on the Big Talker, 1700 KBGG. Boom!
3: we're a roofing machine.
0: Kevin Harlan and Boomer Esiason here from Monday Night Football on Westwood One. Join us as we wrap up week five of the season with an NFC North showdown from Soldier Field in Chicago. When the Chicago Bears take on the Minnesota Vikings, Boomer, both these teams have struggled to find a way to win so far. Because they have quarterback problems, Sam Bradford is out for the Minnesota Vikings and Mitchell Trubisky is in for the Chicago Bears as they now look for newfound energy from their young rookie who was drafted number two overall by the Chicago Bears. Also for the Minnesota Vikings, they are missing Dalvin Cook. This is a huge NFC North matchup, especially for the Vikings. If they want to win the division, they need to win this game on Monday night. Join us for the Vikings at the Bears on Monday Night Football. Remember to listen to Westwood One's coverage of the NFL all season long. Right here on the big talker, 1700 KBGG. Napano. Even if the forecast doesn't call for rain, it calls for Trico Force Wiper Blades. Now $15 off when you buy a pair at Napa. Because in reality, a little water's no biggie compared to leaky garbage trucks, swarms of insects, or parking under a tree. So grab a pair of Trico Force Wiper Blades and get $15 off. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how.
4: Napa know-how.
0: At participating Napa auto
4: parts stores. Offer ends 10 17
8: Want to transform a room for less than 20 bucks? The Home Depot has the secret formula. We call it paint. From our top brands like Bear and Glidden, starting at just $17.97 a gallon. There's no easier way to take your walls from okay to oh wow. And at these prices, there's no reason to leave any wall behind. Get your project rolling with top paint brands, starting at only $17.97 a gallon at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. U.S. only. Staples knows that when your printer jams more than it prints, it's time. When your paper supply is in desperate need of resupply, it's time. When the only printer in your office that's not out of ink is three flights up, it's definitely time. And it's times like these when pros turn to Staples. Staples has great prices on everything you need to print. And now, buy one HP ink, get the second 30% off. Staples. It's pro time. ends ten fourteen seventeen. 17 See store or staples.com for details. Restrictions may apply.
5: Black and Cardinal Divide is the first website dedicated to the Hawk rivalry. We cover both the Hawkeyes and the Cyclones.
0: This is Cody, and I cover Iowa State. And I'm Derek, his younger brother, who covers the Hawkeyes. We'd like to encourage you to jump over to bcdivide.com. Tune in Wednesdays and Thursday nights as we will talk all things Cyclones and Hawkeyes.
2: Jump over to bcdivide.com. Join us for daily banter and our social media pages at bcdivide. As brothers and fans of
1: different teams, we grew up with a huge...